Welcome to the Continuous Delivery Podcast. My name is Zarar. I'm Cheesy. I'm Stacy. I'm Chubbo. Today's episode is about Kanban. More specifically, if you're going from Scrum to Kanban, uh, I've noticed that people just treat Kanban kind of like Scrum, but without the sprint commitment. They have a bunch of columns on the board. They move the work through it, and which may be a good use case for them, and may, they may get some benefit out of it, but they may be leaving a lot on the table because Kanban has a lot of other benefits that I've often noticed that teams don't really pick up on, and they sort of treat it like Scrum without the sprint commitment. What are some of the top misuses of Kanban as you've seen? I would say the two largest ones are Kanban supposed to be a poll system, and yet I've seen people use it to push work uh, through the through the value stream. So that would be the first one. Second of all, uh, I constantly see uh, teams that don't understand the value or the benefit of trying to limit work in progress, so that they have, you know, at any given time, uh, every developer, every person has many things on the board, and so in cases like that it really just falls apart and you don't get the benefits of, of uh, what Kanban can deliver. So w- one thing that I would, I would add to what uh, Cheesy added that it, especially uh, in your examples there are when they move from, uh, from uh, Scrum to Kanban, this kind of lack of commitment, it could be detrimental because, because during, during uh, in a, in a, in a, let's say they do a weekly or biweekly sprints, there is always a somewhat a a uh, uh, a time boxed effort where we have to put something small out or we have to put something out right in the moment when it becomes kanban this this end this end point kind of disappears and it seems for that moment that that almost like it's it's, it's free we are, we have we have this this freedom right to 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 start pretty much do whatever we want sometimes but but this is where where the challenges start coming because it's almost a kanban requires a much higher rigor to hold themselves accountable hold the team each other accountable to 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 keep doing that that slicing and smaller pieces and and uh, if in that moment the team doesn't recognize this they could very very easily slide into a into a situation where they are not delivering almost anything meaningful uh, right along with that, something else that I see that, that often causes Kanban not to work as well as it might is whenever teams structure their workflow so that there are a lot of handoffs from, uh, let's say, from developers to testers or from product people to designers, et cetera, et cetera. And what tends to happen is, is for those handoffs, uh, a lot of folks like to put wait queues. Uh, what the, the, the disadvantage of having those handoffs and having those wait queues is that uh, your cycle time goes up substantially. So the ideal structure is to try to create one where they, you drastically drastically minimize the handoffs uh, so that uh, work can, can try to flow. Uh, the second thing that, that I think uh, related to that is so many teams aren't trained or don't understand how to find constraints uh, in the work that they're doing or looking at the board. They don't really understand how to uh, recognize some of the constraints that might exist. And, or if they do recognize those uh, constraints, 
they don't take the initiative or don't feel empowered. Maybe it is to uh, actually go through and uh, make changes or make the adjustments to, to alleviate that, that, that pinch point. I, I think that's, um, that's a big thing. What you just said there, cheesy, that the pinch point, like how, um, if, if a team thinks about how things flow across their board and, and the goal of, of flow becomes such, such an elevated thing when you're thinking about Kanban, you know, do, do, do you understand where those are? Do you understand how, uh, where things get blocked up and where they get unblocked as, as work sort of moves through the team? And that that's um, that's a really important thing to become aware of because sometimes if you're if you're not used to having that time box that sort of forcing function to say well at the end of this we're gonna we're gonna have a thing um, you know w- where is the the urgency in finding the thing the the urgency in in working through some of those um, some of those pinch points. A key thing that I always advocate with teams is start starting to measure at least some some basic measurements such as throughput or or lead time, and and I have to uh, say that unfortunately most of the teams don't see the value at the beginning in this, and they don't fully appreciate collecting that data. So when when the time comes that they are that they want to do some changes, some improve, like they're hoping to impro- do improvements, but they want to to try different things in their flow and managing that flow. Then suddenly they don't have uh, a, a, the the data points. So when they make the change, they don't actually know whether whether uh, that that particular change improved or not their, their their process. And unfortunately, because of recency bias sometimes the the almost like these these uh, experiments they they don't really have definite outcomes or 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 definite proof that something worked or didn't work and so so they are going to miss that that entire flow uh, uh flow aspect right to understanding how how their flow works yeah, I'd say I'd say what you guys have all said is 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 very accurate, and and the one that resonates with me the most is is the lack of process improvement that happens once you switch over to Kanban, because one of its main principles is to visualize work so you can identify where work might get stuck, and then you do something about it. You know, Kanban isn't a software development system; it's ultimately a process improvement system, and uh, I've seen people use it mostly because they want to relieve themselves of some of the burdens of scrum and it's it's almost like they, they've been suffering under scrum for so long that once you once you lift that weight off them they're like ah. and kanban feels so nice and and they fail to actually get the most out of it because that initial state is such a relief that they're like this is good enough so i i'd say that that continual inspect and adapt cycle is actually stronger in Kanban than it is in Scrum. And I think teams definitely fail to take advantage of that. And, and Chaba, what you said about throughput and, you know, like if you don't have the metrics that you're collecting, like if you're not collecting metrics then you don't necessarily know where to improve in your process. So that's definitely a, a pitfall. So, so far we've talked about a bunch of things on what's, you know, the pitfalls of Kanban, but as a new team, uh, now that you have adopted this, this setting, what are some of the first the, the things you can do in the first couple of weeks from a coaching perspective where you can 
uh, maybe acclimatize the, the team on what Kanban means. What are some of the key messages that you would like your teams to know about Kanban very, very early on? So you mentioned a couple of things about how to get them acclimated to uh, Kanban. So one thing that we've used fairly successfully is the Kanban game, both both physically with people or now the new online version, just to give them like a high level idea of what it is. But realistically, getting started, the, the important things for a team to do is to, first of all, take some time and build out their board and their, their board really needs to reflect the reality of how they work. You know, I've, unfortunately, I've seen Kanban boards that say ready, doing, done, you know, and, and maybe that's okay for household chores or something like that, but that's not really the way that teams typically work. You know, show me what it takes, at, you know, after you have written some code, I want to know what it takes to get that all the way to production. Are there steps involved? What do those look like? Uh, also, uh, really starting to know and understand uh, that the the impact of whip limits. So I would help teams learn early on that the goal is to try to find a way to finish work as opposed to starting work. And often that means to continue to drastically reduce the amount of work in progress. Uh, I think a team that's transitioning from Scrum to Kanban, like, like this scenario that you described, uh, Zarar, uh, I think early on it's okay to have bring along a few of the typical Scrum-like uh, ceremonies as they're making that transition. And specifically, I'm talking about things like having demos with their customer, possibly. Again, the team will have to decide that. Uh, things like retrospective or some other practices that, that, that they might need initially as, as they're kind of making that transition. So, so. Kanban has uh, seven inspect and adapt cycles or seven events that, that they list as, as potentials that, that uh, as, as a new team should uh, consider. And the reason I'm saying should consider because, because it's not supposed to be prescriptive. I would say take a look at that because, for example, for me, the strategy review, which is, which again, the, the, the uh, Kanban calls out for, I think it's a great thing or, or risk review. Review those those options that 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 Kanban is providing you, and and there are some good summaries out there about Kanban, about the practices, and 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 ju- just just explore them a little bit. Have have some conversations about those because they have their their place and value. And also, what I would like to say that adapting Kanban itself, and Zarar hinted to this, is not a oh we got Kanban and we are and we are done, or what Cheesy mentioned, well we visualized our our process and we are done. The whole point of it is that. You have to come back to it and, and challenge yourself and, and look for opportunities how you could improve. Because if you don't do it, then it's almost like might as well just stay on Scrum. It's there is there's some value, but if there's no improve no process improvements, then then why do it in the first place? I know I'm a bit uh, black and white here, but I just want to call this out. You know, Cheesy mentioned the um, you know one of the important things about Kanban being that it's a pole model and you know, sometimes teams, and when they're say having a, a daily standup, for example, they'll um, you know they'll walk the board. They'll they'll kind of go through what's there, and and the the natural tendency to to those of us that read left to right is to walk the board from left to right. And you know, sometimes you find these little hacks when you're working with a team, like, hey, you know what? 
walk the board from right to left because what that's going to do is it's going to force you to finish things, to create gaps, and create opportunities to pull. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And 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 to continue on with that, absolutely reading right to left. And I think it's kind of also important early on that the team really know and understand what it means to move a, a, a work item from one column to another. So in other words, the, the, the team might agree on what it means to be completed in one specific state and, and have it ready to move to the next state or whatever that might be. And uh, because I, I find that if you don't have that clear understanding early on, then, then, then it creates some tensions in the team. But uh, back to what Chaba also said, uh, the, the, these rules that we might put on the board or, or these triggers that we might put on the board are also something that need to be constantly reevaluated. So every, uh, every month or two, go back and take a look at those again. Or if we find that we're having an issue, inspect and adapt. And that concludes this edition of the Continuous Delivery Podcast. Goodbye.